morning. I'm going to start with the reading the verse. It's in uh, it's in Isaiah. I'll read 23 chapter 43 verse 23 and 24. <coughs> Says the Lord like this, you have not brought me your sheep for burnt offering or honor me with your sacrifices. You have not uh, I have not burdened you with offerings and wearied you with uh, frankincense. You have not brought me you have not bought me sweet cane with money or uh, satisfied me with uh, the fat of your sacrifice. But you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. Um, this morning I want to talk about sin and uh, especially our sin like uh, like Christian believers our sins how does our sin affect God and we see here that he's he's saying to the to the Jews that should be they should know God they're not a, a Gentile people they're the people that should serve God and know God and have a relationship with God and God says you have burdened me you have wearied me with your sin you had made me tired you had made me tired with your sin so i'm going to i'm i want to i chose this topic for today to talk about uh, sin, the sin in our life and what effect has it on god uh, let us uh, start with a word of prayer and we'll follow on thank you lord for this for this day for your uh, for your word and please give me words and give us hearts to understand and to and to make changes in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, I'm going to need a volunteer. I want to show uh, some illustrations. So, some brave young man that could come up here with uh, and show me and help me in some uh, in some illustrations. Yeah, Hudson? Yeah, very good, Hudson. Okay. I have something here. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to be painful. Don't worry about it. Much. <laughs> Just standing out here. Okay. So, I want to think, what effect does it have on God when we sin? So, I have, I'm going to start some with the... Uh, with this, I want you to take a big breath and tell me, is it a pleasant smell? Or? No. No, it's a very strong smell, right? And very unpleasant. This is vinegar, okay? It's not a smell that kills, but it's unpleasant. Uh, just for the illustration. Now, I'm going to read a verse that says like this. In um, Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a strength. So, a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Okay? God says that we, He's affected of our sin. He can literally smell it. Okay? It affects the way He perceives our sins. Okay? Uh, the smell of our sin. Now, I'm, I'm going to have something else here. This is a, a bit of... Uh, Ginger and something you take just very, uh, very bit and try with your tongue first. 
It's a straw. <laughs> it's it's lemon basically. It's lemon, okay. A lot of lemon. Okay, it's strong. Okay, I don't I don't blame. I'm gonna read another verse. Can you get over it a bit? Yes. Okay. Okay, you can live with it for a while. Okay, I'm gonna read another verse. It says like that in Revelation three. 16. So, because you are lukewarm, and neither hot nor cold, I will spill you out of my mouth. God is talking here to a church. And He's saying, you provoke this sensation to me. And it's because of lukewarm attitude. Uh, you're, you're not deadly, or you're not sinful like uh, maybe the Gentiles, but you're there, you know. You, you have some little sins that provokes me. Okay, this is the, the, the sensation our sin gives to God. Okay, now we have this. Now you don't have to just do this and make some noise. Is it buttering enough, you know? You know, the squeaky and buttering enough? It is a annoying sound, right? Uh, let's read another verse and see how would this... How do we affect God's ears? It says like that in Numbers 28. Say to them, As I declare the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness, and, all, uh, and of all your number, listed in the census from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled, against me. Now, God has heard, in this instance, all their grumbling, all their, hear all their words were in God's ear, and they were annoying. Very annoying. And our words, our spoken sins, are, very, are in God's ears, and annoying, and making that same sound that we have heard. Now, I want you to look at me. Is it a bit annoying for the for the sight? It is a bit annoying for the sight, right? <laughs> it is a bit annoying. Sometimes if you look very close, you cannot see afterwards very good. Let me read you uh, one verse about God's sight. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him to his heart. Affected his sight. God saw the sin of people that was before the flood. And it affected his sight. He could see every little sin and every big sin. He can see everything. He can see in, inside our thought, in our heart. And he can, it grieves him. And it's not a pleasant sight for him. Now, thank you, Hudson. A round of applause for Hudson. Brave as, as usual, coming and helping me here. Okay, these are maybe small enough illustrations. They don't necessarily reflect the, the reality as is. Just something to, to have a small picture of it and be reminded. 
Our sin does affect God. He can see it. He can hear it. He can smell it. He can taste it. And would like to think of what the, what order does your life have for God? You know, it's a uh, Roger talked to us about uh, that verse in uh, in Corinthian when uh, Paul says we are an odor for some for life, a smell for some for life, and for some for death. You know what fragrance, what odor, smell does our life have? Uh, what taste does it produce? What sensation does it produce? Um, we can see some some images or some uh, some things that are gross. Um, I read an article about uh, this week about uh, it was uh, it was a Christian magazine. I was writing about the pornography in the world, and it says that it's exponentially growing. And they were actually talking more uh, uh, directed to <coughs> child pornography. And they said there are many people caught. There are some people caught with a huge amount of video material, but there is one problem. As they said they said in the states there are not many judges that are willing to take on board these cases because they are uh, they they are not willing to go through the material and watch. It's too gross. It's too disturbing. No, if if a judge that is used to a lot of sin and heard and saw and uh, dealt with a lot of trash of the world, it's, it has this attitude towards the sin that is happening in our world. You imagine what God would think and what God thinks when He sees our world. And sometimes we're partakers of this sin. Yeah, maybe we, we say, but I'm not so sinful as the people that are caught with that, uh, with the, in those sins. I'm not a murderer. I'm not uh, anything as bad. But you know, our sins affect God as great as those sins. And more even, because we are the children of God. We're not heathens. We're not Gentiles. We should have a different attitude towards God and towards sin. I'm going to read a... I'm going to read to you from uh, Malachi. It's a prophet in the Old Testament and is not very known. And uh, here, God has a conversation, especially with the priests of the people. The priests that were supposed to be uh, God's messengers and God's uh, teachers for the, for, the, for the people. And he starts off in verse 1, 6, in, uh, in chapter 1, verse 6, Saying like that, God is talking. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you. O priests who despise my name. We could, we could replace that uh, word priests with Christians. O Christians. Oh, my child, or ch churchgoers who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. 
When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that, un- is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will, be, will he upset, accept you uh, and show you favor? Says the Lord of hosts. And now, entreat the favor of God, that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you? Says the Lord of hosts. Now, he's going forward and talking about some sins of the people of that time. And he's talking about this sin here about offering lame and sick offer, uh, lambs for God. They were supposed to bring as an offering the best of their flock. Actually, there should, should have been uh, a lamb with no, with no flaw, with no illness, nothing. It was a perfect animal that should have been given to God as, a, as an offering. Because He deserved it. He deserved it. Uh, he says later on, He says, For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. I am to be feared. If you come to me with something lame, with something that you don't need anymore, you know, it's a waste, you say, to burn a good lamb. Let me give you something that I don't need anymore. That's, that was one of their sins. And he said, and God says, by your attitude, by your sin, you are despising me. You consider me not worthy of your best. Now, then, later on, he talks about other sins, too. And other sins of them were of the priest that married foreign women and was forbidden for them. And other, other sins were, uh, they, they were stealing from the, from the temple's box. You know, these sins, if you look at them, they're not as big. You say, but they didn't kill anybody. They didn't, uh, they didn't uh, do anything great, outrageous. There were some everyday sins. Everybody would do it. And it wasn't such a big deal. And they argued like that before the Lord. What, what have we done? I mean, why is it so bad? I mean, could you get over it a bit? I mean, uh, not be so annoyed. Not be maybe so paranoid uh, about this. Because we didn't kill anybody. Yes, you didn't kill anybody. But these are sins that God can see. And it's telling God, God, you're not worthy. You're not worthy. I despise you. You may be a great king, but you're not to me. You're not to me. To me, you're worth it, my, my, uh, my worst. I can give you what I don't need anymore, what is anyway bad. This I can give to you just to, um, just to please you. And they say here uh, another phrase, God is saying... Should you just stop offering and not coming to the temple because your sacrifices are annoying, are a burden for me? And, and he says here, when you come, you say, what a weariness to come again. We are coming before the Lord and we're doing this, uh, maintaining this uh, fire before the Lord and the sacrifice. And it makes, me, it makes us weary, bored. It's a boresome labor that we have to do. It's something that it doesn't have value for us. And we're bored of it. We, we, we don't like it anymore. What's the use of it? And the Lord says here, you better would just stop doing that. Because your attitude is, is doing worse. You better stay home and don't do it at all. You see, I, 
I meditated a bit on this and I was thinking of, of their sins and just to, trying to see what we, how we could apply it to our lives. Now these sins that they committed, as I told you, they, maybe they weren't big sins in the eyes of, of the people, of the, of the world. They weren't killing anybody, they were, weren't worshipping idols or doing something very, very bad. Actually, they were probably secret sins, done in, uh, in the dark or without, uh, without letting anybody else know. I, maybe they, the, the thing went, you know, somebody came with a bad lamb and you whisper to this priest, you know, there is a big problem, he is missing a leg. Ah, don't worry about it, he's not the first one, come on in and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, take care of that later. You talk to me later, okay? Don't, don't let anybody know about it. It's between you and me. It's a secret sin. Uh, it seems like it's not such a big deal. And no one knows about it. And everybody else does the same. So, uh, it's just a common little sin. Those were the sins that they were, would practice. And God was very annoyed and hated these little sins. These little sins were hideous to him. And they were as gross as what the Gentiles would have done when they worshipped Baal. You know, when they worshipped Baal, they had so, such hideous practices that we would call them very we would call them today pagan and hideous and they were awful, like satanic. But God sees these little secret sins of his people, of his uh, religious people as bad as those practices. They tell in the face of God, they are telling, we're telling to God when we commit these type of sins, that God, you're not worthy. You're blind. You're deaf. You cannot see and you cannot reach us. We have, when we commit such little sins in our lives, we have we are a child of God, but we have the mentality of a thief. We hide in the corner, like the like the teenagers probably hide behind the school or used to hide behind the school, and we think we think nobody knows, and we do something there bad. It's not we're not killing anybody, but we're committing our little sin there, and we're telling God, you cannot see me, you cannot reach me, your hand is too short. You're not such a big king to me. I probably go to church. I say everybody I'm, uh, to everybody I'm a Christian. But I'm telling you, you're not such a big king to me. Because I don't respect you enough to get rid of that sin. I love that sin. I'm fond of that sin. Whatever it would be, more than I'm uh, fond of you. We think these are secret sins. But God saw God heard, God smelled, God tasted what you have done there in the secret. And there's nothing secret for God. God has seen it all and heard it all. Um, you know, I think of, uh, and you probably have heard of, uh, of people that, uh, even pastors, that have been caught, uh, were serving God, but they have been caught at some time, at some point, maybe in adultery. And they, uh, an uh, old scandal 
affected that church, that committee, and some, and some came on even on news because it affected everybody. They wouldn't think that such a pastor, such a man that seemed so godly would fall so deep and so low. I happen to know somebody uh, close to, uh, uh, to us. It was, a, it was a missionary, actually. And he had to go to, to the States. Again, because he was caught by his wife uh, cheating. Now, I know that person. I know that he didn't finish seminary thinking, I'm going to do this one day. I'm going to wake up one day and I'm going to cheat. No, he didn't do that. He was a truly godly man. I met him. I know him personally. And he wasn't a bad man. He was serving. He came to serve. And he, was, uh, he had good intentions. But I, I think, I don't know, I didn't ask, I, didn't, I don't know all the story. But I think he slipped little by little up to committing a bad sin that he was ashamed of. That ruined his testimony with the church and almost ruined his family. They got together after. And, but almost ruined his whole life. Why? Did he wake up one morning and say, I'm going to commit adultery? No. I don't think so. I think he slipped little by little by little by little with small little sins, secret sins, that took him to a sin that he never planned for and he never wished for and he never probably... He's not, a, he's not, uh, he's not proud of and he is probably going to have a lot of pain explaining to his, uh, to his children what he did. Because I know, and you probably have heard this saying, that sin takes you farther than you plan to go. That sin is going to cost you more than you plan to pay. When you commit some small sin hidden, or in your thoughts, or your mind, or your words in your house, you don't plan to destroy your, your whole family and your whole life. But it might take you there. It might take us there. Because sin is like that. It says in James 1.15, Sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You know, there's a picture there of a fisherman that throws his cane and throws it in the water to catch fish. And he has a bait there. And the bait is appealing to the fish. And the fish goes and catches, but he never intends to go out of the water. He intends for a meal. And he goes, it's attractive and easy prey for him, and he goes and bites it. And then he's lifted up out of the water, and that brought him death. That's what sin is for us. Sometimes it's very small and tempting, and it's tempting our nature, it's tempting us to sin, and we don't think by going there we're going to die. We don't think of that. We don't plan on that. No. Our sole target is for a bit of pleasure that I like, you know, for a bit of thing that I like and it's appealing to me for that very moment. Maybe not the whole life, but for that very moment. And we don't think and we don't plan and we don't realize that at the other end of the pole there is somebody trying to catch us and fish us and take us out of there and bring forth destruction to our life. In that moment, we don't picture sin as that deadly. We picture sin as something small, and uh, hidden and short and pleasant for a while and is not going to hurt anybody. But it's not like that. That's the lie of the bait. 
The bait is there to fool the fish and to catch him. And that's what it, sin does to us. Sin takes us farther than we plan to go. And sin costs us more than we plan to pay. But another aspect of, of this, of this uh, reading in Malachi. Here is it's different in Malachi than other, because, other books because God is showing here a uh, um, discussion He has with the people. And the people here, the Jews, the priests, come back to God always with questions. What have we done? But why is that offending to you? Why is that so bad? And they come back to God arguing with questions. You know, like they don't know. They've never heard of it. Now, you picture that. If you're a kid, you would have my, I would have a conversation with my kids. And they would come back and after proven wrong, they would say, but I didn't do that. But when did you see me do that? But why does it affect, why is it so bad? And coming back with questions to justify themselves. You know, that, that drives you crazy as a parent. Makes you red of anger sometimes. Because you say, you've been caught in a folly. You've been caught doing wrong. And you start arguing. And you try to, uh, to seem like you're, you're not guilty of anything. That was the attitude of these Jews. They were caught there. They were caught with the sin. And they were justifying it. And justifying it with questions. But why God? But what have we done? But why is it that? Why is this so wrong? You know, they are trying to picture God like an old, old person, like from the back century, a uh, century ago, with with principles that are out of fashion, and they're paranoid about bad rules or old rules. You know, God. But why is it so disturbing? Could you get over it? You know, it's kind of like picturing God of a, with uh, like a paranoid person that is always offended. We do all little things that are not so big, they're not hurting anybody, and God is always paranoid about it, always thinking we're guilty. In their mind, they weren't the guilty one. God was the guilty one because He was offended so often. That's how, that's how they were, you know? And we say, come on God, get over it, could you? It's not so bad as you say. My sin is not so big as you say. It shouldn't have such an importance. Why are you so mad at it? And why is it so disturbing? And we come back to, with questions to God. I remember I, I shared with you uh, here about uh, Saul just a while ago. About Saul. And when he was uh, in sin, he was, sent by, uh, he was sent by God to destroy uh, a people. He went there. He destroyed almost everybody. He cut as a as a prize. He cut uh, the king and as a prisoner of honor, and he let a lot of the goods and a lot of the flocks survive. And when he went back and he met Samuel, he said, "I fulfill God's will, as God said." And Samuel says, "But what am I hearing? I'm hearing uh, uh, cows and sheep, and what's that noise? Oh, that's." That's something, it doesn't matter, the people wanted that. But I fulfilled God's will. And God, Samuel has to talk through with him, talk through with him, and actually uh, say the punishment of God. 
Say, because of your sin, you're going to be punished, and this is going to be taken away from you. And that's when Saul admits, okay, okay, if that's the punishment, that I admit I sin. But before that, he wouldn't admit his sin. He would say, I'm not guilty. What have I done? I'm a good man. I committed, I, done, I have done God's will. I have done God's will. I have my excuses. I had my reasons to not do it quite as God said. But I have done God's will. And only when he was confronted with the punishment, he accepted, okay, maybe I haven't done it all. That's our attitude many times. I think that this second part might be more annoying to God than the first part, the sin itself. Our attitude. Our attitude. We are caught with the sin, we know about the sin, but we say to God, God, come on, get over it. It's not so big. Everybody does it. I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian. I know church. I know people in church. I know that one and that one. And probably they do the same as I do. So why do you, don't you get angry with them? Why do you get angry with me? I mean, nobody. And we try to excuse ourselves. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's good enough. I, I'm, I should be allowed to do some of that. I should be allowed to get angry. I should be allowed to answer back. I should be allowed to use those strong words. I should be allowed to do, to, um, to do this little sin in hidden places. I should be allowed to, to, to watch everything I want. I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be so strict with what I watch and what I say and what my jokes are and what I read. <coughs> Why are you so angry? Everybody does it. And we sometimes think, God is trying to make me live the way people lived a hundred years back. Okay? Now it's a different society. We have internet, we have television, we have programs. And if I'm going to be so strict about language and about uh, images and a, a pro, uh, if they're proper or not, then I should just maybe sometimes just get rid of it all, with, with everything, you know? I mean, this is our society. And that's true. We might, should, we should, because... God is watching, and God is watching TV with me there, and He doesn't like anything He sees. And I enjoy it. And this second thing, our attitude, it might be more annoying to God than even our sin, because we don't want to admit it. We say, God, what have we done? Why, why are you so angry? We're so good. We haven't done anything. I think God is making a point to us that, and to me that we have to admit sin for what it is. Admit that we have the sins. I mean, we didn't kill anybody probably. We're churchgoers. We're Christians. But we know that we have those sins and attitudes that are annoying to God. And He can see them. He can hear them. He can taste them. can smell them. It's annoying. And He says... In verse in chapter two, verse seventeen says, "You have wearied the Lord with your words." By you say, "How have we wearied Him?" By saying, "Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and He delights in them." Or by saying, "Where is God of justice?" By your attitude, by our attitude, we have wearied God. Now He has died for us. He's our Father. We have everything from Him. Um, we say He deserves the best. He deserves the best. And we should give the best to Him. 
But we don't have that attitude in our heart. I was thinking of this illustration of, uh, you know, sometimes you meet uh, a missionary and say, oh, he, deserves, he does such a good, honorful uh, ministry, and he deserves for me to, to give him a gift, you know? He's worthy, he's good. And we can uh, elect, I'm going to give it or not to him. Or some, some people might say, oh, but he should ask for somebody else, whatever. We don't feel so guilty sometimes not giving uh, or helping. Say, I already give, I can't give to this person, I can't help him anymore. But with God, is not the same. God is not just a worthy person that deserves something from you. If you have something, it's because God gave it to you. I mean, you went to work, I went to work and earned the money, a salary, because God gave me health to go. It's not like He's just somebody there doing a good thing and I'm trying to help if I can. No, God gave everything to me. I wouldn't have left the bed this morning if God wouldn't have helped me. I mean, He's he's participating. Actually, He's an investor. He has the main investment in me. And he, deserve, he deserves the revenue of my work. Because He gave me the power of the work. He gave me that, everything. He gave me everything. He, it's not like I'm, I, He deserves a small portion of what I earned. Or what I do. Without Him, I wouldn't have had anything. He's co-worker with me. He's a partner with me. Actually, I'm helping Him give me money. He's giving me the money and the substance and the life and the everything I have. He's the main investor in me. And He deserves the main revenue of my work. So it's not just partnering with somebody that deserves it. They are doing a good thing and if I can, I help. No. God deserves everything because He gave me everything that I have. So he is a worthy, and he is, has the right to say, I'm a worthy king, I'm a great king, and I deserve. And you are despising with your little attitudes, wrong sins, attitudes you have. You see how annoying it is for God? You see how annoying it can, it can become? And he has the right to get angry. And we get angry when we, our kids, small kids, annoy us and despise us without... They don't listen. We say something and we have to say, repeat and repeat and repeat for them to do what is right. And we say, we as a parent have the right to get angry and to punish those little kids because they're not listening. We do the same to God. We do the same to God. And God is saying, won't you stop? Won't you stop? Won't you consider your ways? Won't you see that you have those little things that are so annoying, that's so disturbing... And, you're a, and you are, and I am, a child of God that has Him uh, tired, weary of our sins every day coming back. Please, God, forgive me for that. Give, but with no intention of change. No, God, please forgive me for that. God, please forgive me for that. I have done it again. I have, and I, in my mind, I plan to do it again. My sins, my small sins, are hideous and gross and disturbing to God. And the only way out is for me to confess what they are. My sin, to confess my sins for what they are. And to admit and to start 
arguing with God. God, I have heard this all my life. I have heard it yesterday. I have heard it last week. I heard it the week before, but I haven't done anything to change. I think the first step is to confess our sins and to stop excusing ourselves and to come to God. Now, in the verse that I read in the beginning was Isaiah. God continues and says, I am who blots out your transgressions for my sake and I will not remember your sins. For my sake, I can forgive you. God came, sent His Son to die on the cross. And for His sake, we didn't deserve it. He's willing to forgive. But we have to make a first step to confess, to realize. And to stop arguing with God. To say, God, I know I'm gross sometimes in your sight. And please forgive me. And please give me the power from your Holy Spirit to change. And to put them off. And God can do that. God can do that. I remember many aspects in my life that God helped change. I have more, much more. But God is powerful. Sometimes maybe I had this sin that I said, this is overwhelming and I'm not going to get rid of that. But God helped. And He can change. And He, can, he has a, a verse in, in um, Hebrews. He says He can even cleanse with His blood. He can cleanse the conscience, the guilt from your mind, of your past, He can cleanse it. But let's stop and say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm a child of yours, but I do, do, I do make sins. I do commit sins. They're probably small enough for a lot of people to not perceive them. But you do see them. And they're annoying. And I want to ask you for forgiveness and for power to change. And may God bless us with that right attitude about the sins we commit. Amen.